I'm Samantha Olds Fry, CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, and this is Sam Says, a podcast series focused on Illinois Medicaid managed care. Hello, I'm DeRondel Beverly with the Gemini Group, and welcome to Sam Says. On today's episode, we sit down with Kareem Kenyatta, I'm HIP's legislative consultant, to discuss the Illinois state budget address recently given by Governor J.B. Pritzker. But first, let me welcome our host, the Sam and Sam Says, Samantha Olds Fry, CEO of I'm HIP. Sam, how are you today? Doing well. So uh, we're excited to dive right into today's discussion. Again, uh, we're discussing the Illinois budget, so we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, Kareem, we're going to start with you. At a high level, can you give us an overview of how of this budget address and how it may compare with the previous budget? Yeah, I mean, just the fact that it was a virtual budget address, I think, tells you a lot about where we are. Um, and, you know, I think the governor pretty did a, a good job of just laying out the facts of what the state has faced, the challenges and, you know, I think his overall goal with the the budget presentation was just to show that, you know, Illinois is still going to be dedicated to uh, human services and education and some of the primary uh, social service things that need to be accomplished. And, you know, the challenge is going to be finding enough revenue to, you know, kind of maintain the status quo. It definitely is not a budget where we're creating new programs and, and doing things that are you know, out of the ordinary. Um, you, and obviously this budget compared to other budgets, uh, the administration is relying on a lot more revenue coming in from the federal government to assist, you know, the state and local governments with some of the deficits that have been created by COVID, you know, whether it's related to lack of revenue coming in or just other demands that COVID has created. So, you know, I think that's the big, if I had to, give a highlight, it would just be that, you know, the governor is looking at a way to maintain uh, the state's current operations without, you know, obviously with the fair tax not passing, uh, you know, other revenue sources have to be found. And so I think that's going to be where the governor and the legislature have to work together to figure out, you know, what the next steps are. And I really agree with you, Kareem, that that overall you look at this budget, um, and first, I think everyone's buoyed by the fact that there are not proposed reductions to human services or healthcare in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and the recognition that the healthcare safety net um, needs to remain strong in order to care for over 3 million Illinoisans. I think we're all beyond grateful for that. Um, but on top of that, we recognize that in order to sort of maintain that status quo, there are, um, there's the assumption of tax reforms that have always been a drawn out discussion in the legislature. They're not sort of easy items um, and and there'll be a lot of opinions on those and a lot of work to get to that point. And so there's some unpredictability there. Um, But thankfully, as you've said, we're really in a different place with the federal government than we were last year, last budget year, and this current federal administration has offered a lot of predictability around things like the enhanced federal match um, for the Medicaid program that has allowed this administration, this gubernatorial administration, the Pritzker administration, to um, 
account for account for increased federal funding that enhanced 6.2% match to stabilize the Medicaid program. And I think those are things um, both sort of to be aware of. Uh, this does require tax reforms, which are never easy discussions. Um, and so that's a challenge. But on the on the upside or on the positive side, we know that this administration federally has offered more predictability to the states to sort of plan, strategize, and prioritize um, in a way that's meaningful for Illinoisans. What um were you were you surprised by anything in the budget, or, or did you feel like this is sort of what you expected? Yeah, I would say this is sort of what I expected. Um, you know, I think. Yeah, it would be unrealistic to really think that the administration or the state would be in a position to, you know, I think one of the surprises was the amount of revenue the state was able to collect. I was a little surprised by that. The That's fact true. that, you know, when you look at the budget deficit and the fact that with everything going on, the state was still able to capture a significant amount of revenue compared to what they thought. I, I would say that was probably the biggest surprise. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's as hard as things feel um, to all of us uh, individually and then collectively as communities. Um, but to realize, like, yes, the state has revenue that's down, but it's much higher than we had ever expected. Um, and we're in a much better position than we really anticipated or than I anticipated we would be, say, last July. I thought we would be in just... Um, a much worse place than we actually are. So that I think is the most surprising thing to me as well, um, that we, that we're in an okay spot. I mean, not great by any stretch, but okay. Um, and then I would say, I would agree with you that I think the administration did as good of a job as one can do sort of balancing the fiscal realities of our state, um, especially with fair tax where, you know, it didn't pass. Uh, and the needs of of the state as well, and sort of the needs for investing in the healthcare uh, safety net and human services. Um, and so you don't necessarily see the investments um, that that we I think all know we need in things like behavioral health, um, but you you do see a commitment to it to not go backwards, to stabilize, to maintain that status quo. Um, and, and unfortunately, I don't think. You know, it took it takes a lot of work to even just maintain the status quo right now. Um, you know where that revenue would come from um, in order to make those investments in things like behavioral health. Um, given the crises that we see, um, you know that will be, I think, a, a discussion we see throughout the spring session as well. Because I think there are areas where folks have already come out and said the status quo might not be enough. We need to make investments in things like education, in things like behavioral health. And I think that's where you'll have a pretty big discussion in the spring as well. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, hopefully, you know, with the federal government and, you know, the, this current administration, and, you know, I, I do think there's a very unique opportunity here where, you know, once the vaccines are full, fully rolled out and we can get back to a new normal, because I doubt we'll ever go back to our old normal. But, you know, the thought that maybe if we can get more revenue coming in and, you know, the federal administration continues to assist where they can. Yeah, there if there's any reason to be optimistic, I would think that that's it, that maybe things are you hate to say things are looking up just because we're in such a tight spot right now. But at least it's something to look forward to. 
Yeah, I think I, I've been calling it there's cause for optimism, right? <laughs> like we're, we haven't left, like we're not sort of like, oh, we're, you know, we're not back to normal, but you can sort of at least start to like, when you squint your eyes, you can see, maybe I could see sort of the path there. And I, I think you're right. Um, at least federally, it looks, I mean, things can change. We've, we've thought that there was going to be federal support around the corner for a while, but it looks really different now. Um, and this administration and this Congress have made it really clear that states and local governments um, need support. Um, and there's bipartisan buy-in for that. Um, and when I say bipartisan, I mean from state and local officials, regardless of party. Um, I, I recognize congressionally, uh, you might not see that bipartisan support, but regardless of the um, political party of the mayor or the governor, um, there's pretty widespread um, agreement that states and, and local governments need need support from the federal government during this time. And I think that balance is sort of what you talked about early on, which is what isn't often being discussed um, in my mind is that first we've seen revenue decrease um, across the board. And then we um, have seen costs go up. It's not, it's much more difficult to operate um, in this environment. And so the state Medicaid programs costs have gone up, um, local units of government costs have gone up in, in terms of supporting providers um, and, and supporting members of the community. And so sort of that increased cost, decreased revenue. And when you add that all together, and in Illinois, you find yourself set up with a budget that um, sort of maintains the core functions of government. You don't see significant reductions. Um, I think that's uh, probably about as good as you're going to get. Absolutely. And, you know, especially with everything that has come to light with COVID and the dis disparities and everything we all knew already existed. I mean, I think they have definitely been magnified. And so the thought or the fact that we're not going backwards or at least appears we're not, that's definitely a good sign. And yeah. I think that'll give at least when we talk about things that we can build on, I definitely think that gives us something, as you said, to be cautiously optimistic about. Yes, I could not agree more. And I mean, I remember years ago sort of being in a similar situation and rather than talking about status quo, talking about how do we avoid 5% cuts to the Medicaid program. And so being able to say, how do we maintain where we are and make strategic investments is a, a much better position to be in. And, and one I was really worried we wouldn't find ourselves in, say, last July. So before we wrap, Kareem, uh, question for you. Out of all of the things that you and Samantha have discussed, what's one thing that you're going to be keenly looking at as this year and this budget continues to unfold? Just so our listeners just get a sense of, you know, what you're looking at, what you're thinking uh, for the upcoming year. Yeah, well, so with obviously the change in leadership in the House, um, I think that's going to be, you know, a big factor to watch because now, we have a fairly new Senate president and uh, Don Harmon, obviously Speaker Welch is he's been around, but he's obviously new in this position. And, you know, honestly, even, uh, you know, Governor Pritzker, he's still very early in his administration. So, you know, I think it's going to be unique to see how the three, the you know House, Senate and the governor work together to actually implement this. And, you know, I think this would be honestly a good indication for you know, how things look going forward for the next couple of years. But yeah, that's mainly, I think, what 
I'm, you know, will be curious to see just how everything unfolds and how it all comes together. Because, you know, as we all know, it's easy to, I shouldn't say it's easy, but giving a budget presentation is one thing, but actually passing a budget is a completely separate thing. And so, yeah, we'll have to see how that all comes together. All right. We appreciate that. We're going to have to leave it there. Special thanks to Kareem Kenyatta. I'm HIP's legislative consultant for taking some time out to talk with us today about the Illinois state budget address. Sam, uh, great conversation with Kareem as always. Um, and so I'll ask you the same thing. What is something that you will be keeping an eye on as we head forward looking at this budget and in the coming year? Uh, for me, I think it'll be the discussion around behavioral health. Uh, I think that has been there. Illinois and the country have faced a myriad of pandemics and, and challenges over the past year, right? So we have COVID, we have social unrest, um, racial inequity, uh, and a lot of, uh, and um, you know, a lot of political discussion. Um, and so a lot of that has taken sort of the forefront of our, our minds and our attention. Um, but underneath all of that is an uh, boiling over behavioral health, mental health crisis in this country. And in Illinois, uh, there's a real need for investment um, in order to make sure members and uh, residents are getting the treatment and the services they need. Uh, and I think um, over this year and probably next year, we're really going to see um, those challenges come to a head. Okay. All right. Interesting stuff to follow for sure. Uh, if you like what you've heard today, we encourage you to visit the I'm Hip website at imhip.net. That's I-A-M-H-P.net to learn more about what I'm Hip is doing and to listen to other interesting podcasts like this one. And we also encourage you to like and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. On behalf of Sam and the wonderful team at I'm Hip, I'm DeRondo with the Gemini Group. We thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Sam Says. Stay safe, stay warm, and we'll see you soon.